Welcome to a special evening edition of Conan Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cohn. Uh, Niners practice in two days. John and Kyle talk tomorrow. We're going to talk about all that. Today, Trey Lance dropped a seven-minute video. I don't know if it was him who dropped it or someone who was invited to watch throwing sessions between him and Jeff Christensen. It's out. We've seen it. You should have seen it. You watching the show. And we're going to give our impressions first. And then we're going to say what we think this means. So you watch this. You, I mean, neither of us are throwing mechanic experts, <laughs> right? But we've watched Trey Lance a lot. So what's different? What what sticks out to you about this movie? Well, I mean, first of all, he, he you know, it's to me, I would compare it to a hitter in baseball that has a major hitch in his swing, right? Um, and it's like, hey, at this level. You know, you could you can have success in college or high school or in the minors with a big hitch in your swing, but um, in the pros, you know, when you get to the major leagues, uh, you know, the fastballs are coming in so hot you don't have any time to decide what you're going to do, and so you got to clean mm -hmm. that up. And that's kind of what I saw. He, it's a quickening of his release. Uh, it's an elimination of a little bit of a loop. Um, yep. it, it's it, he looks a little bit more like Aaron Rodgers under Jeff Tedford, um, where the ball stays up high and, you know, Trey was bringing it down and he then, was. and then, and then from where he had it to his his release was longer, yeah. was, was a yeah. quite a bit longer. And so, you know, and I, I, you're right. I'm not a quarterback coach. People that I've talked to said, man, it was a mess. Um, but I think that had a lot to do with where the ball sits, rests, as opposed to how much movement there has to be before it's literally coming off your fingertips. So right. he eliminated that. Uh, to me, he's worked with Christensen on his throwing mechanics. He's keeping the ball higher now. I see yeah. much less of a loop in his in his in his throw. Um, so overall, I would say it's an overwhelming positive because you got to remember this: when you're watch when DB defensive backs are watching cut up films. They watch cut-up films of the quarterback, and they watch cut-up films of the receivers. And they're breaking on the quarterback's first movement to throw. And if your first movement to throw, uh, you know, is with your is down at your waist, and then you got to bring it up and then bring it back and bring it forward, you're giving them a second, two seconds or more of extra time. If you can keep the ball up here closer to where you're going to release it, you're giving your defensive backs less time to break on your throws. And so overall, that's nothing but a positive. I think it's interesting that Jeff Christensen is the guy who taught Jimmy Garoppolo in high school to throw. And Jimmy's known for his quick release. And what we see right now from Trey is a much quicker release. In the past, it seemed like though he would dip the ball below his elbow and then throw very freaking hard. Now the ball's up and out quickly. And that's important. Other thing I noticed, and maybe this is, you know, general but he's not throwing as hard as he used to in a good way i felt he tr he threw too hard like he was too effortful in his delivery i was impressed at first he powers the ball with his arm but then i saw justin herbert throw in person and it was very effortless there are quarter the best quarterbacks in the world can throw it with zip and it doesn't look like they're even trying and trey has the athleticism to do that but he didn't throw that way and that's why he had arm fatigue and just looking at him now this is how i felt in otas and minicamp he doesn't look like a guy who's going to be suffering from arm fatigue anymore it feels like much more of a body motion not an arm motion he's not overpowering the ball it seems like he's a good athlete who's getting the ball up up and out quickly i you know that's i agree intriguing. 
Uh, it is intriguing. I, the, the other thing I, you know, is I want to see does he has does he lack any speed on the ball now that he's shortening his stroke? Because uh, you know how much of that was build up speed as opposed to zip. Like Garoppolo right. had an ability to literally just fling it off his yep. ear, just just absolutely spin it, and and we saw it's a little hip it. torque. It's a little hip well, torque. Like we, that was it. Well, I mean, just your natural ability and the size. Sometimes it's With the size back of your foot. hands. I mean, yep. Dan Marino was so good at just the flick, the flick of the ball, and the ball came firing out of his hand. How much of the velocity that Trey had on the ball, which I think is overall a good thing because it helps you squeeze it into tight windows when you need it, does has he lost any of that with the shortening of the motion? That's what I'll be looking for. Well, we'll see. I, he, he looked like a guy who was an arm thrower the first two years of his career. A guy we talked about, he locks out his his – front leg early and then he powers his arm through the rest of the way it looks like he's much more in sync now it looks like he's not having to use his arm as much the arm should be a guide it should not be a source of power the source of power is your lower body jimmy's good at that using his hips um so i think this is good i think it's really ironic too that he's working with jimmy's coach not kyle's coach kyle tried kyle's pointed him to 3d qb you know those guys and it didn't work for them and whatever for whatever reason Trey is now working with Jimmy's guy and just having great results. I think it's beautiful. It's like the football guy didn't script it any better. I mean, work with the coach that you feel comfortable in. Work with the coach that you feel like gets results. You know, you know, it's like teachers in school. Some teachers relate to some students. Some teachers uh, relate better with, you know, some students relate better to other teachers. And it's, there's no right or wrong. I, I don't, like, I don't think John Beck doesn't know football or doesn't have a, doesn't have skills as a quarterback coach. I don't think it's as simplistic as that. I just think it's about, it's about, you know, who are you comfortable in and comfortable with? And then who do you believe in? You know, it's like if you, you could be taught whatever, but if you don't believe in what you're being taught, that's a big part of it as well. And the fact that Mahomes is there, Mahomes is on the pinnacle of the sport. He's at, he's at the top of the hill. That probably gave Trey a, a, a level of buy-in with Christensen that he may not have had with Beck. Um, and if that's true, then, you know, so be it. I mean, it's that's a positive. I just – I'm not really – to me, I don't want to say this is all about nothing because it's not. It's like if you have a terrible hitch in your, sw- in your throwing mechanics, uh, DBs will be able to break on your ball. And, you pro- and, if, and the longer your throw is, the more it can get screwed up because of how long it is. So if you can shorten it, it's bound and clean it up and shorten your mechanics. I think, uh, you know, shorten your point from where you hold the ball, where it rests to where it releases. If you can quicken that up a little bit, that's going to be a positive. It doesn't help you play quarterback, but I think ultimately it's a positive because if you have a hitch, um, there's more mistakes that can be. There's more problem areas that potentially can can uh, creep in. And you were talking earlier about buy-in, and I think that's an interesting call. It doesn't necessarily mean that Jeff Christensen is a better coach than John Beck. But a year ago, maybe Trey Lance wouldn't wasn't as bought in. Maybe he was thinking, hey, man, they just ran Jimmy out of town. They're making me the starting quarterback. Why would I overhaul anything? Maybe I'm just going to tweak little things here and there. And maybe that's what John Beck wanted him to do. But then he got hurt, and Brock Purdy took his job. But everyone's talking about, his mechanics, maybe Jeff Christensen a year later, right place, right time, says, hey, man, I'm going to break you down and build you back up. And Trey says, let's give it a shot. Maybe he wouldn't have been open to that last year. Maybe it's not just the Mahomes factor. Maybe it's the Brock Purdy factor. 
Maybe it's the Kyle Shanahan factor. Like, hey, man, my career with the Niners is on life support. I'll try anything. I don't know if his attitude was like that last year. Yeah, right. I mean, that, you know, that that's a good point. And, and the urgency, you know, the urgency yep. to get better. You know, clock's ticking. You don't get forever in the NFL. Uh, this is year three. And he Trey's Trey's really smart. I mean, he knows the business. His dad was a pro football player. Yep. He knows he doesn't have it's not like an endless amount of time. Like, oh, I can just do whatever I want for as long as I want, and eventually I'll get it together. No, no, there's urgency, and you have windows to make it in this league, and either he's gonna capitalize and make it, or he's not. And I'm sure, you know, this and I'm sure that he's learned a lot from Mahomes. He probably learned a lot from Purdy. Heck, if you watch Purdy command this team last year you know that it's not all about velocity on the ball it's about so many more elements than velocity on the ball that but then it's also about your mechanics so clean up your mechanics get as tight as you possibly can as far as your mechanics um and you know if you're bringing the it's just about moving the ball if you're going to move the ball from down on your hip to back and then it'll do a little circle and then you got a long release you know, there's more things that can go wrong with that, and you're not always going to be able to throw that way. Sometimes the defense vent is just going to gonna blow right by the tackle, and the guy's going to be sitting in your lap, and you're going to have to be able to get rid of it now. And you're not going to be able to have a full-on release. So if you have it shorter, and it can, and you, where, from where the ball rests in your hand to the release point is way quicker process, you know, that's going to help you in broken plays. One of the things I like about this video before we move on is watching Jeff Christensen coach. He's got that big, long stick. Not sure why, but it's you notice it, right? He's got like yep. a, a, a seven-foot stick. And when Trey drops back, Jeff Christensen will tell him mid-drop back, slide left, slide right. So it's not just a static drop back. It's trying to recreate well, some game yeah. situations right. and, and, then, and then do the new throwing motion. Like don't just do a mechanical, you know, seven on seven type of deal like try to move around and do it i don't know they showed us the good clips but it seems it was enjoyable to watch jeff christensen do his thing and i want to know what that sticks about why why the stick what do you do with that <laughs> yeah i do mean you hit uh, <laughs> like, are you gonna smack him if he does it wrong what's going on you know that that's a great question um i tried to contact christensen to get him on but i don't think he's in a in a mode to come on i saw that he had followed me on twitter so i was like oh okay nice. maybe i'll maybe i'll uh I'll throw a message to him and see if we can get him on, but you know, I haven't been able to get him on. So I would like you know to, if, if I, I were him, like him, I would on. wait I would for, like to, I would wait for Trey to take it off, like to take off. If Trey's like five and zero with 115 QB rating, then all of a sudden if I were Jeff Christensen, I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing all the interviews. Ask me how I did it, but he hasn't done it yet. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little premature from Christensen's perspective. Well, but you know, I don't even think he's going to do it at all because I mean, you know, Mahomes is also one of his pupils and how many times has he interviewed about Mahomes? Not very much. So I, I think overall, he just he's a former, uh, you know, Eastern Illinois quarterback who had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He knows the business as well. He knows the media side of it. And he probably understands that do your work privately, talk less, let your actions, you know, speak for you. Christensen was drafted the same year as Ma Marino. No, he was in that. In, I, I think, think he was think in that so. 83 think, class. Yeah, well, right around yeah. there because he played, I think, in the in like 85 through 87, something like that. Here, let's, Cincy, let's Cleveland, and Philly. I know yeah, he, he played Cincy, Cleveland, and Philly, and he went to Eastern 83. Illinois. 83. Eastern Illinois. Okay, round five, pick 137. 
Eastern Illinois. He was in that famous greatest quarterback class of all time. Uh, let's take a couple of super chats and we'll get back to this topic. Pig and a pickle, says Saul Goodman. Pig and a pickle. Is it pig and a pickle or pig in a pickle? I thought it was pig in a pickle. Uh, pig. Uh, that's a good question. Pig. It's pig and pickle. Pig. pig so it's probably pig in a. Maybe it's pig in a pickle. I want to know: Is the pig physically in the pickle? I thought he. I thought it was like a, like a play on words, like in a pickle, but also like in a baseball type of pickle. Like he's in a Just, tough situation. As long as it's not a pickle in the pig, that's good. There you go. There Ooh, you go. Harrison yeah. Hightower says Conan Kruger is the best Niner show of the week. Yeah, until. Kruger just said that last one right there. Nathan Flores <laughs> says Niners got a third round topic says Jimmy passed his physical true. Yes. Thank you, Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy, hey, did you read the Niners two solids on the way out? Comp pick, Jeff Christensen for Trey. You got to give Jimmy credit for that. Which makes me wonder, too. Also, I got I to gotta wonder if Jimmy was not healthy at the end of the year and there was no debate that he, whether he could come back or not come back, then why was Kyle Shanahan so I don't know. How would you describe it? Abrupt, um, yeah. seemingly yeah. agitated right. at the end of the year when discussing Jimmy with, if Jimmy won you a lot of games, you went to a super yeah. bowl together. You, you undoubtedly had a lot of success together. If Jimmy, you know, the speculation I think was, wow, he could have came back and opted not to, and maybe Kyle was pissed. But yeah, if like now we're finding out that he wasn't passing a physical until recently, he needed he another surgery. Right. So maybe Kyle was why, just wrong. Or maybe Kyle was just agitated about something else. Maybe, maybe just Kyle was agitated by wrong. losing. Well, I get the feeling wrong. that Kyle agrees with Julian Edelman and Martellus Bennett about Jimmy Garoppolo, if you know what I mean. That he's a little bit of, he'll only play if he's 100% healthy. And I think Jimmy's kind of proven that's not necessarily true. He played through some injuries in 2021. Um, and he was not fit to play at the end of last year. Like maybe Kyle was just wrong. I don't know, Kyle. Let us know. We'd like to know. Mike Monahan says Brock just squat might just squat more than Hurts now. Yeah, Brock's got these monster. Who did you get those? I want them. <laughs> Seriously, they call them Mini Bosa, right? Grant, good to see you, Larry. Picking a pickle, <laughs> <laughs> brother. Bob, basically, last night on the on the live stream, I did I did a live stream last night with my son for the very first time. I saw that brother Bob was just empty in the clip. Uh, he 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 likes Kevin more than he likes me. Nice, nice. So the, the the Kruger clan is gonna take uh the place of the Cone clan. You got I love well, it's funny, like, you know. It's somebody, I think Brother Bob or somebody in the chat suggested, hey, you should do a father-son picnic show with Grant and and Lowell and you and Kev. We actually and, that's and a great idea. Kev that's said, a phenomenal idea. Kev said we'd, we'd I would we'd, love we'd, to do that. We'd cover every uh demographic known to man. One day we'll do a dueling father-son show. I think dueling father-son. I think yeah. that's a great idea. Josh Wyatt says, I'm having a hard time caring about this controversy. Two guys that will never be good enough and a guy who missed the window. How did it come to this? Man, wow, that's an it is, I mean, it's July 24th, Joshua. It's, it's too early in the year to be this negative. Can't we wait until October? I'm with you. But I mean, like, I, I feel like it's it's okay to be optimistic about Trey right now. It's okay to be optimistic about Brock right now. It's not okay to ever be optimistic about Sam Darnold. And people who are, I look at them funny. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen I'll, I'll say this. I want to be optimistic about Sam Darnold, but I have this thing now. It's called the NFL Plus, and I get the all 22 of every game and every year, basically. And I went through the all 22 of his entire Carolina run, and I just, I mean, I, I found it 
to be underwhelming. I mean, I yeah. know there are a lot of people that thought it was awesome. He was great. I didn't see great. I saw, yeah. I, especially that Saints game at the end of the year, I saw four turnovers and not and 41 passing yards. Sam Darnold. You saw Sam Darnold. Wolf Life Wild says Niner Gang Wolfcast, like Grant, and said power comes from the legs, like in boxing. And so if anything, Trey should have more power, no motion resistance now. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you don't have to use your arm so hard to throw it hard. That's the best throwers in the world look like they're not even trying. Aaron Rodgers looks like he isn't even freaking trying. The ball just explodes out of his freaking hand. Same with Herbert. And Lance looked like he was trying so hard. So now, every quarterback's different. Yeah. Every quarterback's different. And yeah. you know, we're that's why that's why I said, you know, I like the video because it really shows him cleaning up the mechanics. But let's see it. Let's see it in practice oh, and yeah. then let's see it in a game. Cause uh, I'm not, and game. I'm not doubting it. I'm just saying that. Game how much of his power was in the motion as opposed yep. to just the mechanics of, as you say, the step, the lower body, you know, um, yeah. you know, the, the lower body mechanics. Can he actually translate this to a game? We'll see. Saul Goodman says it's right. been a while, Grant. Fernando. You want me to sing it? You got to give me more than $2. I ain't singing Fernando for $2. What do I look like? Michael says, I remember being old enough to read the same exact thing about Kaepernick working on his throwing motion with Kurt Warner. Ended up fooling us all. Let's not get carried away. I wanted to address that point. Thank you, Michael. With Kaepernick, I felt like he always gave lip service to the throwing mechanic thing. He never really wanted to change it. And it was finally time to work with someone. He worked with Kurt Warner, who was not a coach. Trey is determined. That's what I want to say. Trey is determined. He doesn't have a huge ego in that sense. He's tried Quincy Avery. John Beck, Jeff Christensen. He's going to go to every coach he can. He's going to work with the best quarterbacks in the world. Unlike Colin, it's a big difference. The biggest difference I see between the two are is that Trey, football, his dad was a pro football player. Football yep. is the family business. It means a ton to Trey. I think it's fair to question whether Colin had that passion for the game that Trey has. I don't think, I think Trey, Trey's all about football. And if he's done with football, I think he'll do something else in football. Um, I think he's, I think football's his life, but I don't think Colin, you know, and that's not, that's not a rip on Colin. I just, I don't think he had the same singular focus. I think he did until I want to say, I'm looking up his age right now. I think he had it until he was 27. I want to say so about, it's about till he's about 26. I mean, when he was in the Super Bowl and he had that whole week of media stuff, all he talked about was football. And then four or five years later, it was a whole different thing. But he regressed from that point. If you go, that's a great point because I watched that Super Bowl a few weeks ago and he made throws that were touch throws that literally so three years game. later he could not make. He was so good in that game, in those playoffs. But I think, I don't know. We don't need to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Jason says, can't wait to attend Wednesday practice with my son. First time to see Trey's nice. new mechanics in person. Hoping to spot you both. I'm sure you will. Jason will be there. Sean says, does Trey Lance succeeding help humble Kyle Shanahan? An elite quarterback seems like a healthy solution to his ego and the power dynamic in the organization. Sean, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> what did I want to say, though? Yeah, I mean, maybe. It'll be see. I don't know. Yeah, Trey needs to go a little bit further. But I don't think anything's gonna humble. Like I like Kyle Shanahan to a degree. I don't think I think we're we're past that. Nothing's gonna humble Kyle at this point. 
What could possibly humble him? I, I don't know if I don't know, I don't know if humility is what I really even care about. Do I really? Yeah. Is, does Nick Sirianni yeah. seem humble to you? No, not at all. I don't know. That, I'm not sure no. that I'm not sure. Did, when Jimmy Johnson was winning with the Cowboys, did was humility a big part of his bag? I don't remember that. Hey, if you're the head coach who doesn't give up multiple double-digit leads in the Super Bowl and you have rings, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Let's stick with Trey. So we've seen that he has tweaked, maybe you could say overhauled, his throwing mechanics at least in the offseason with T-shirts and shorts on. Does this change your stance about Trey? I feel like six months ago, you were a little down on his throwing mechanics and his ability to improve them. Now he seems like he has. Does this? How much does this mean to you? How much stock do you put into this? Because I've heard you call him a franchise quarterback. I've heard you say the Niners have two. I, I believe he is. Yeah. I just think I think Grant that we you know people want. We're very first of all. I think we could all agree on this. We're a very impatient uh, group of fans. We're more impatient now than ever before. Uh, history tells us that most quarterbacks take time to develop, but we're in an instant gratification world. And then inside that instant gratification world, the 49ers drafted a quarterback that was the most inexperienced quarterback in 40 years of first round draft choices. He, nobody had thrown fewer passes. Then you mix in the, the, the level that he was at the FCS level where the, and, and the dominant team that he was on. You know he could get away with ever with all kinds and the year of year off because of COVID. I mean, well, there's geez. that too. But I mean, yeah, I think even at North Dakota State, that they're like the Bama times ten of the S FCS. And yeah. I just they think can that do whatever and win, right? You know, Easton Stick yeah. was awesome there. Is Easton yep. Stick an NFL quarterback? No. Carson Wentz was awesome there. Is Art Carson Wentz kicking butt in the NFL right now? No. So I'm just, I just think that we want it right now, but it's a process, and he's going through the process. And I, I think this cleaning up his mechanics was the first step in the process. Now it's about overall with when the bullets are flying and the, and the D linemen are rolling by you, can you stay with your mechanics and just play the position uh, efficiently? And that means throwing with timing and throwing with accuracy. And yeah, you've in your ideal wind up and your ideal release and throw, you've got the mechanics down. But in an NFL game, if you make 25 throws in a game, how many of those throws are you making with your your ultimate mechanics? I watch uh, Mahomes complete shuffle passes and backwards passes, and and you sometimes you got to rush it, sometimes you got to shorten it. So to me, how will Trey play in games versus live action versus NFL defenses? The quickening of the release is nice, but it's not a coverall. Um, he needs to improve his accuracy, his timing. And I'll, and I think there's one other element. Steve Young, I thought, played his entire career with what I would call third down goal line type urgency. That's what it takes to make plays on third down in the NFL. You have to have that urgency. You have to be like Mahomes has it. And you I think it was brought to life by this by this quarterback's Netflix show where you're getting to hear live Mike Mahomes and you're getting to get a getting a glimpse into the competitor that he really is. I think it's it's. It's now that you've got better mechanics, cleaner mechanics, that's good, and I think it's essential. But now can you translate it to the field under duress and throw with accuracy and timing and play with urgency and move the team and score points? That's it. 
I'm, I'm intrigued that you think he's a franchise quarterback if you have those questions about him. Those are huge questions. But he's a young player. And, yeah. and, and he's, we're talking, I, I don't, I, I'll say this, and I've said this a few times. I've, I, in my mind, I know Trey's going to get there. Why? Because I know it's important to him. He's physical. He's got the physical gifts. He's got the mental gifts. He's got the desire. He wants to be great. But it doesn't mean that it's going to happen August, you know, by August 1st or by September 10th at Heinz Field. I think it's going to be, I think it's still a process. And my concern is that the 49ers don't stick with him long enough to see it through to completion because they get impatient. They drafted a raw quarterback. They know they drafted a raw quarterback, but do they know exactly how raw and are they willing to go to the finish line with him or are they going to cut bait if it doesn't happen by the second preseason game or if it doesn't happen in this camp? I know he's going to get there because it's not rocket science and he's got all the traits and it's going to happen, but I don't know that it's time. I, I see the same thing with Trey that I saw with Alex Smith coming out. Alex mm-hmm. Smith had smart. He was smart. He was athletic. Football was important to him. Came from a football family. And I knew that he would get it going at some point. But how many Harbaugh showed up in his eighth year, mm-hmm. eighth year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're this is year three. So mm-hmm. it's a process. And I just hope the Niners, um, Sometimes you got to find the right coach. It's not, sometimes it's not all about the player. Sometimes it's about the relationship. And, 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 and there's a great, just because you got a great distance to travel doesn't mean that he's not going to travel it. I I really believe in the kid. Cause I, I've had scouts that I know personally who, who have, who said, you know what, this kid's going to get it. Cause he want, he's going to, he's going to click every box. He's going to check it off, check off every hurdle. He's going to, he's going to be up to the task, but it's going to take some time. Now the question okay. is, is how much more time does it take from here? I, so we're talking, let's come back to the original question, uh, changing our stances on Trey. I think the Niners have, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the Niners stance on Trey this offseason was look, he didn't, he's not a bust, but he's just behind the curve in this development because of injuries. And we have Brock. So screw it. Screw it. We're going with Brock and Trey. We're kind of leave like you're, you're kind of left for dead at this point. You know, anything that you do is on you at this point. And so he goes out, Finds his coach, comes back, and the Niners are like, oh, like, what a pleasant surprise. I think they're pleasantly surprised. I think they're probably happy that no one wanted to trade for him during the draft. They made it pretty clear he was available. We asked, and he was like, hey, anyone's available, right? Like, he was available. They cleared enough cap room the day before the draft to move off of him if they they wanted. They tried. They tried. There was no market. It was reported. I think the Niners are probably happy that they didn't sell low on Trey Lance as he was improving. I think they're probably like, hey, you know, that worked out. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but I think that they're a little amused, tickled, hopeful for the first time in a while. I think that's kind of a nice little silver lining. Maybe I'm misreading it. I don't think you're misreading it. I I just think that they... Instead of hand... I think they looked at it last year and said, hey, look, we handed him the keys to the car. This year, we're going to make him absolutely earn it, and we're not going to we're not talking him up. We're not going to sing his praises. We're not going to say anything positive about him. Guys like me, I think, misread that as potentially they wanted to move him. But I think that more than anything, I think they what they want to do is challenge him to get better. They knew he needed a ton of work to do. They they knew they knew that he needed to put in a ton of work, and instead of being glowing about him and positive about him. They kept their positive comments to his character and who he was and not his football. 
And I'm sure he read that as they don't believe in me, and it probably motivated him. That's my guess. I would think so, too. I would think so, too. Matthew Sanders says, Grant, I just wanted to chime in and say Suits is valid. Have you been watching Suits? Have you seen the show? No. Suits? I haven't watched it. I've been watching. Do you think Kyle is Mike or Harvey? Kyle is Mike or Harvey. It's Kyle, Mike, or Harvey. Kyle's Mike. He's Mike. Trick question. He's Lewis Litt. Everyone knows he's an ass. I like Lewis Litt. Is Lewis Litt like the one Jew on the show that they don't mention is Jewish? It's like, how are you going to have this whole law firm with no Jews in it? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we kind of run that. I'm just kidding. But I think that's what Lewis is, which kind of pisses me off. HBO says, who has a bigger arm between you guys? Me or Larry? Probably Larry. His bigger hands. I can't uh, throw a regulation football. I have these little ass hands. You can definitely disgusting. do more pull-ups than I can. That's because I weigh like nothing. Uh, Wolf Life Wild says, can you hear the drums? Fernand. Oh, you almost got me to do it. <laughs> All right. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan talking tomorrow. Yes. 11 a.m. Pacific time. All of us are going to be there. Um, what do you think we're going to learn tomorrow when they talk? Um, probably... I mean, will they wait till the next day on Bosa? We might get the Bosa contract announcement. We might get an update on Purdy on the pup. We're probably going to get some explanation of why looters on the pup. Um, and if they have any transactions that tomorrow would be a good day uh, to, uh, to, you know, especially if they announce a Bosa signing and it frees up some cap room. I personally, I think they still need another, defensive end and I, I i hope there's another defensive end coming because i think i'm i'm nervous about that aspect i think this is a loaded roster with a thin group of defensive ends behind behind bosa and jackson so but um that's kind of my list is purdy bosa looter maybe um some perspective on the quarterback uh, competition and um Maybe will we get any reflection on last year or is last year put to bed last year? I think it's put to bed. I think this is a look forward. What what my my new favorite game is when John and Kyle are out there together. I like comparing their answers when they both talk about a subject. So let's say they're going to talk about Brock Purdy, right? How he's coming along, expectations and stuff. And I want to hear what John says about Brock. And I want to compare it to what Kyle says about Brock. Because my working hypothesis is that John is much more enthusiastic about Brock than Kyle. Kyle likes all the quarterbacks. John freaking loves Brock. That's what I think. And I want to hear if that's how they talk. When it comes to Trey, we're going to ask about the work he's done with Jeff Christensen and how he's improved and his outlook this season. I want to compare what John says to Kyle. Because my working hypothesis is that Kyle's a reason Trey's here in the first place, and Kyle doesn't talk very much, but he's maybe more open-minded about Trey uh, than John. So I want to see if that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. Curious about I, that. I wouldn't mind hearing uh, if they had a – I mean, how involved are they with Beck or Christensen? How much could they – can they? Can John and, and Kyle give an insightful answer comparing uh, the two and how they've worked with Trey or – do they are they totally removed from that? And are they going to be like, ah, we don't know. We'll just wait and see. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear them um, kind of set the tone for the expectations, because I the one thing about this team is this team's got Super Bowl expectations. Not every team really has that. I'd like Acknowledge to hear them. it. Yeah. And, I, and I'd like to hear them verbally state what you and I and others have sensed, which is. This year ain't like the other years. This year, it's like they, you know, they're 
they are enough is enough. There, it's time to win yeah. the Super Bowl, and it's time. And sometimes you gotta challenge yourself by speaking it into existence. Yeah, because I feel like they do such a good job at the end of the season of letting themselves off the hook. Hey, we didn't win the Super Bowl, but it wasn't our fault. Something bad happened. We're gonna get them next year. Great, say it. Like we're you know, there's been some things out of our control. We've had some bad luck, but enough of that. We're pissed. We're not gonna let that. We're, we're not gonna be victims of bad luck this year. Like say something. Act, you know, don't even say it. Just act like that. Because I feel or, like the you Niners know do a really good job of letting themselves off the hook. They're big of that. It's big of them. Or like something that incorporates Jed in this massive expenditure for Hargrave. You know, you know. Jed's all in. We're all in. You know, we think this is our, uh, you know, not last chance, but this is our best chance opportunity to win the Super Bowl. Let's, we got to, you know, there will be no excuses. Whatever, whatever their message is going to be to their team, I would like to hear that. Yeah. And tomorrow's their opportunity to tell it to the fans, too. Right. Uh, Mike drops with Monsa says the trade. Trey before draft had speed until the Niners seen him in OTAs. Kyle wasn't out on Trey, but he let John shop him, like Grant said, before challenging him. Means nothing if he doesn't play. Means nothing if he doesn't play. Yeah, that's the truth right there. Um, but yeah, it felt like John was open to John was fielding calls. Kyle was like, and he's here still. And with, with the new throwing motion. I think it's a good thing. I think he was just close to getting traded. If a team wanted him, like Tennessee. They ended up drafting Will Levis. What if Rand Carthon or whoever is over there, I yeah, forget who it is, Rand. said, you know what, let's go with Trey. That would have been smart. That would have been smart. But instead they got Will Levis. Well, and, and um, I, you know, to me, it's like they've got, this is one of the most competitive uh, camps they've ever had. I mean, they've got some severe competition. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, backup O-lineman, yeah. defensive end. Last spots at linebacker, yeah. corner, uh, heck, the kicker. I mean, kicker. let's be honest. I mean, you know, if, if Moody center. comes out and misses center. five center, yeah. I, I, by the way, I liked your camp competitions thing with Thank Luciano you. and and Brendel. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some big time competitions this summer, and um, I w- I'd love to hear their perspective on it. Is it going to be one on the field, or are there incumbents like? Like is like John Feliciano is a more accomplished NFL player than Jake Brendel, but Jake Brendel was on this team last year and was a Pro Bowl alternate. Is Brendel yep. the front runner at center, or is it literally like you know? And and the quarterback situation is there a front runner or is it wide open and it's anybody's job? And you're going to pretend like this is like you've never seen anybody before, and the first day of practice is like. We'll just we'll evaluate going forward. Clean slate, or is it? Are there incumbent starters? I mean, if Jair Brown looks way better than Tayshawn Gibson, is Gibson going to get the week one start? And you're going to try to play it that way, or are you going to go with your best players right from the start all the way through? I'd love to know. Uh, yeah, Bobo says you mentioned earlier that Trey hasn't gotten the expected results until Christensen. Do you think other quarterback coaches, Avery, etc., would have been more successful if Trey didn't play for Kyle? My theory is that Trey needed – I feel like those coaches probably felt, man, you're the number three pick in the draft. You're going to be the starting quarterback of this team. I'm not going to tell you to overhaul your delivery. But then Brock takes a spot. Trey's on the back burner, and Jeff Christensen walks in like, hey, man, you ready to get serious? You ready to let me overhaul your delivery? And Trey's like, okay, now I'm ready. I think 
maybe he had to go through what he went through the last couple of years for him to be receptive to a coach like Christensen. Maybe there's a different approach. That's my yeah. hypothesis. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, especially when you look at how how different his his ball placement is. I mean, he instead of keeping it down, he's got it way up higher. Um, and it looks like it's way shorter from where he rests it to where he releases it. And that's a major change from where he was. Ivan Tina says Jimmy only threw deep with Eman Sanders, so maybe the best the Niners could have done for Trey was draft the guy from Green Bay since they couldn't do anything else for him. Talk about Christian Watson. Watkins. Watson, yeah. I mean, he's really fast. They did have a connection, it seems like. Ah. Mike Joss with Monsa says, Brock on schedule. trade needs to show. Darnold looks good. Situation's fluid. Nothing definitive on the quarterback position. D-line is fine. They won't add anyone. They could, though. D-line's fine. They could, though. If, you, if, if Nick Bosa pulls a hamstring, you, Kerry could Hyder. Look, you could be looking at a Kerry Hyder austin Bryant combo um, playing significant Kerry snaps. So good. I don't know if I would say fine. Yeah, Matthew Kerry Sanders. Hyder, Kerry Hyder's, I, know. I like Kerry Hyder too, but Kerry Hyder's more of a high motor guy Russell. who can be, you know, if you have 10 D linemen, Late he should be down. your 10th guy. He'll he get you that sack your... like five seconds into the down. He'll keep oh, he's, and he's a great leader. I mean, Drake Jackson told me that Kerry Hyder helped him off the field quite a bit last year, getting accustomed to being a pro. But is Kerry Hyder going to play 30 to 40 snaps on this team? He may. Yeah, Matthew Sanders says, Larry, on the topic of Alex Smith, he's a pro bowler, not with the Niners. What happens if Jimmy or Trey or Brock makes a pro bowl on a different team, this regime? That would be a great. bad thing. Wouldn't that would be great. a bad thing. Yeah and, yeah, and that's why I'm saying it's like I'm convinced that Trey's going to get there. I was convinced that Alex was going to get there. Alex eventually, I think, did get there. I, mm-hmm. I think Alex potentially, if, if there wasn't a Mahomes, may have won a Super Bowl under Andy Reid. But instead, he went to Washington. The leg got mangled, the whole thing. We all know how it ended for Alex. He, but as far as I'm concerned, he kind of got there. I kind of view Alex Smith in those final years in Kansas City as a near-franchise quarterback who might have been able to win a Super Bowl in a certain year with a certain cast. It didn't happen, but I felt like he fulfilled his potential in Kansas City. Michael says, Grant, can you repeat the quote from John Madden to Kyle and John? If you have multiple quarterbacks, you have none. It certainly relates to our quarterback situation. I'd like to see how they spin that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, You know, guys, you've always heard that classic quote from John Madden. If you have more than one quarterback, you have none. Uh, How do you feel that applies to your quarterback room? I think they probably actually answer the question. Both of them. They probably have a good answer. Good question, Michael. I'll say this. My answer would be, look at your history. First of all, Matt didn't Madden have Stabler and the La Monica? And as far as the Niners history, outside of 2019, they've gone six years in a row where they've needed three quarterbacks to navigate the regular season. Six years Lincoln, in a row. Dixon says, Aloha, Grant and Larry. Keep Kyle squirming. You got it. <laughs> you For $2, you got it. 808 Niners says Trey can be special, but it will take him time and hard work. If this team is as great as they say, Trey should get them to the playoffs. Trey can be a superstar because of his physical gifts or Jake Locker. Yikes, a Jake Locker reference. Trey's a better prospect than Jake Locker. I like Jake Locker. I like Jake Locker. I I did too, but but to me, Trey's a way smarter player. I think football is more important to Trey. I think he's a better athlete. I, I I think he's I think, I think he's a that. better prospect. Big Flave says, do you think Trey could have more accuracy issues as he gets used to this his new motion, or is it 
is impossible for him to be worse than he was. Thank you for such a negatively framed question, Flavio. It was right on brand. Um, I actually think this should help the accuracy, but we'll see. To me, this is about um, this is about the accuracy, but I also think this is a you know I think he probably processes pretty well. I mean, I, to me, it's it, the real key is about timing and can he make the anticipatory throws. Because that's really what the NFL is about. You got to throw guys open. You got to, you, you know, you got to make those throw, those anticipatory throws that lead guys to the open spot. Um, and you got to do it with mayhem going on around you. Uh, yeah. And it come back to Flav's question. The way I look at throwing, your arm should be providing the accuracy. It's a guide. And if your arm is also the source of the power, then you're not going to be as accurate. So if, he's more in sync and he's more using his lower body to provide the power. And the arm is more of a guide and it looks like a, a much clean and easier delivery. The accuracy should be better. So we'll I think see. so. I think, I think yeah. I, like a, a, a hitter with a hitch is going to hit for a low average. If you can get rid of that hitch, he's going to hit for a higher average. I think if you eliminate the hitch in Trey's motion, he's going to complete a higher percentage. What I'm looking for is 60% or above. Yeah, preferably closer to 65, 70 or 70. I mean, with, with this offense, all McCaffrey, Debo, there's so many quick, easy throws. And what I felt I saw in minicamp, and I feel like we're seeing it again, in this video is a, a quarterback who doesn't throw the short passes so hard anymore. Remember that his first preseason games two years ago, he would throw those slants and they would drop them. And, and everyone's like, well, I mean, you threw it as hard as you could, Trey. Like you could make it a little more catchable. I think we're seeing that. That's what I think we're seeing. If you go back to the Chicago game, people, to me, I thought that Chicago game was one of the most, it was one of the weirdest games from the standpoint of everybody's like, the people that love Trey and want to just pretend that that game didn't exist, will be like, it was a monsoon. That's a bunch of bullshit. It was a monsoon from the six-minute mark to the end of the game. It was wet, but it wasn't a monsoon until the very end. The other bogus angle on that game is people saying he was terrible in that game. He was not terrible in that game. He had a couple of throws that were a little off target, guys that were throws that were a little low. But that that throw that people kept bringing up over and over again, the corner route to Croft, it wasn't dramatically overthrown. Croft, it, it was thrown with the wrong trajectory, but it wasn't dramatically overthrown. It just snuck up on Croft, and Croft didn't ever leave the ground. If Croft yeah. just jumps for it, it probably he probably gets so a hand on it. Awful. That season started and ended with Tyler Croft being the worst. God, sorry, and Tyler. Croft, now is, you're gone. Croft is not a receiver. Croft is a no. blocker. I mean, and I don't know what Croft is. Yeah, Croft. He's not a blocker blocking, either. But he's a better he's not blocker, a blocker than a receiver. <laughs> he's a guy who wears a uniform. He's a guy with a face and a number. Brother Bob says, Iggy, the man, Krug, nice to see uh, love Trey again. If Lance lights it up this year, do I trade Purdy at the deadline to flip that seventh to a third? No. Pick and a pickle. He thinks it's pig and a pickle. Not pig and a pickle. I, I'm with Brother Bob on this one. I think the pig is in a pickle. But we have to say, is it an actual pickle or a metaphorical pickle? It could be both. I like a double entendre. Well, you know what it is? It's p the pig is the barbecue, you know, the pork, but then they also make their own pickles. There you go. House I like pickles. a homemade pickle. There you go. Pause. Mike Monahan says, based on how Brock looked, he had a productive offseason physically. Yeah, I could work on everything, but, you know. Yeah. Go Brock. Tomorrow's Brock. a huge day. Let's be honest. Tomorrow's a huge yeah. day. The one thing we didn't hit is if Brock 
if I'm expecting Brock to start camp on the PUP list, if by chance they announce that he is not starting camp on the PUP list, that will be an overwhelming. Whoa, whoa, that would As be blood. like a that would be like a wow. He's a oh, we, yeah. he's way ahead of schedule if he's not on the that PUP. Like a, very nice. Sorry, I'm just doing Borat references. That movie came out 20 years ago. <laughs> Flav Lance had a game with 70% his rookie year. That is true. Andrew Johnson, thank you for becoming a member. The Ryan G. Hensley so says, Flav, sweating, sweating. Okay, let's get off this topic. Give me your expectations for Brock Purdy this offseason. You just alluded to it. There's a chance he won't be on PUP. But my expectations are tomorrow he'll be announced that he's on PUP. Is that your expectation as well? And if so, when do you think he'll be back? I do expect him to be on PUP. I probably would not expect him to play until the final preseason game. That would be my guess. My guess is that he would be off of PUP in the week leading into the final preseason game and that he'll have one preseason game to uh, tune it up and how he emerges out of that will determine if he's PUP for Heinz Field in week one. That would be my guess. My guess is he's on PUP until that final, until they play that second preseason game and then he'll come off my expectation and i'm just a jerk is that i think at some point they're going to announce that he had a setback not yet i don't think he's had one yet but it's the 49ers they always push their players too hard and i think at some point they're going to be like you know he's going to need a couple more weeks and i don't think he's going to start week one i think trey will start week one and i don't know how we'll play but i just don't think brock's gonna play any preseason any training camp, I think they're going to try to get him in right at the buzzer. But then at the end, they'll be like, you know what? Who cares? We start three and four every year. Like, let's not rush this. I don't think he's going to start week one. I don't. But I'm probably well, they've, wrong. I'm they've got all wrong. the motivation. They've got all the motivation to start him week one. Why? Because one, um, there's only one team that gets the the home field. And True. I think, you know, they're, they're going to be all about trying to win the Super Bowl. And and that means you're going to have to have home. I'm not have to have, but, you, you know, the biggest problem last year was that game was in Philly. That game's at Levi's. Maybe the Niners find a way to win it. So I, I think they're going to be, if Brock's ready to, the one here's my thing. If Brock's ready to roll, he's playing week one. They're not going to sit there and be like, well, you know what? We'll just be extra careful. Right. No, I think they'll right. be aggressive. It's week one. I would agree with that. That's the Niners. But I, I just feel like they're going to mess this up at some point. They're just going to push them a little too hard. But I don't want to speak that into existence because I want Brock to I want Brock to have a – I don't care if he starts week one, but I, I don't want Brock to have a setback. I want him to have a fruitful career uh, with no injuries. So good luck, Brock. I just – I'm talking more about the Niners than you if you're watching. I, I think you're doing a great job. I just don't trust the 49ers ever when it comes to rehabilitating a play. Like this is the same team that was trying to get trying to tell us that there was a chance Jimmy Garoppolo could play in the Super Bowl. There was no chance, zero chance. So if, if, excuse me if I'm skeptical of their timelines. That's how I feel. I don't believe them. I feel lied to, Larry. Well, like they looked I mean me in the face and lied to me. You know, there, there's competitive reasons to lie at certain sure. points in the season, right? Especially sure. late in the year, um, and and you know, sometimes I wonder how much is how much they know, how much they're leaning on their doctors, how much they're the the players get to determine if they're coming back. Um, but I think now we know that Jimmy couldn't even pass a physical until what yesterday. Um, yeah. So odds are he was not coming back at the end of the year. But then I got to ask, 
you know, what, you know, did the 49ers feel confident in, in Josh Johnson? How many reps did Josh Johnson have going into that Philly playoff game? Uh, because he was the number two quarterback up and he looked like, looked like he had never played. Poor Josh. It sucks that that's how he's going to be remembered. I know. Cause anyway. he's a great guy. Yeah. Terrific and he's guy. like, he's always been one of these guys who's like the third or fourth quarterback on a team. I mean, he should be remembered as a guy who sort of, grinded his way into a 15-year career as a backup quarterback. But what he's going to be remembered for is that stupid NFC Championship game appearance, which is too bad. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. That's how I'll remember him. Mark yeah. says, Larry, talk about your stats don't lie post. Can't even remember. what Mark, I've posted too many things. I can't remember. When was it? Flave says, I'm optimistic about Trey after watching him throw three spirals in practice. Man, you're such a jerk. I think he'll be ready in five years instead of six now. Niners 2029. Let's freaking go. Flave, thank you very much for your patented snark. Matthew Sanders says, no shade on Brock, but the Ferrari is finally tuned up. We've seen the Mustang. I think most fans want to see what this sports car can do. I, I would kind of like to see what both of them can do. And we got an offensive genius as a coach who flirted with the concept of playing two quarterbacks two years ago. Other offensive geniuses such as Sean Payton have pulled it off. I'd like to see if Kyle can do something. Like, yeah, you, you want to start Brock? Fine. Do you have a package of something for Trey? And I know most coaches couldn't pull it off, but you're a genius, Kyle. A freaking genius. Show us. Mangini wants to see a package. I don't know, I though. Like it just doesn't seem... I always liked Mangini when he was with the Niners. I like interviewing him. I thought he was a nice guy. It doesn't seem like a pa- we're going to see a package. I mean, if you're if you're thinking that Roger. suddenly they're going to turn Trey Lance into Taysom Hill, I don't I don't see that happening. No, brother Bob says Larry, you play you paying up that bet to Ryan G. It's the right thing to do. Iggy join them. Who takes first snaps behind center this week? Picking a pickle. Well, first <laughs> of all, anybody who knows me knows that I always pay and I always collect. So <laughs> there will be. But as far as has it happened yet? No. Uh, me and Ryan are still in the in the process of mending. I like it. I like it. All right, last topic, and then dinner time. What are you most intrigued to learn during camp? I mean, obviously, it's the quarterback stuff. And that's going to overshadow everything. But you've been to camp a million times. There's so many other things you can learn. And you're there every day for a month. What are you looking forward to? Um, to me, it's how good are these defensive linemen? The you know you have five offensive linemen and you might be able to play your entire season with five offensive linemen maybe six maybe you know but but they don't rotate defensive linemen rotate and so Drake Jackson looked really really good in the OTAs what does it look like when they're going one on one with the pads on um, Drake is one of the guys I'm really looking at Kinlaw is one of the guys I'm really looking at Farrell is one of the guys I'm really looking at Kalia Davis Kinlaw. is one of the guys Kinlaw. I'm really looking at. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about Javon Kinlaw anymore, I guess, but Kinlaw, man, I'm rooting for him. And I, this is huge for him. This, this is pretty much the make or break year for his career. No doubt. No doubt. This is huge for him and Austin Bryant and Robert Beal and Spencer Wagey and Marlon Davidson. Um, all of the, all of the guys that potentially like, like if you're saying Niner D line, who do you know about? I feel like I know about Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, Givens, Hyder. I have questions about Armstead. Armstead got hurt on day one of camp last year. Day one. Missed all of camp. Came back. Got hurt again. Had plantar fascia. Was one foot than the other foot. He's about 30 years old. What's going on, man? 
What yeah. is going on? But I mean, on? I like you know, it's yeah. about health, right? I mean, I, I no, hear that's, what you're that, saying. That's my question. Thirty year old yeah. with health. That's my only question. Can you make it through a whole camp? That's but I mean, some of these guys, I, I got to see it. Like Clellan Farrell yeah. was the fourth pick in the draft. He's had ten sacks in four seasons. Uh, Kinlaw was a first round pick. He has not played that well, no. uh, or or that to that level. No. Kalia Davis was is one of the Red fastest shirt. defensive tackles I think I've seen, and he looked incredibly fast in practice at the end of the year. It's go time for him. Beal's got freak of nature, arm length and speed off the edge. Can it translate to production? And then the kid from North Dakota State, uh, Wagey or Wagey is just, um, I think he could be a real player for them. I, I loved what I saw from him, and I can't wait to see what he looks like in the games and with the pads on because, to me, Grant, he looks like the kind of guy who might be able to play defensive end on first and second down in the base. He, he, he looks like a defense. To me, his movements and his get-off and his hand placement, it, it looks way advanced, and he looks like the kind of guy that might be able to play in the base at def- on, on first and second down uh, defensive end. So I'm looking for those guys, and to me that's a big area for the 49ers because they use those guys. They use their second and third team D-line. I like that you're focused on the D-line. I'm focused on the O-line. I feel like the O-line is one of, if not the biggest weaknesses on the team. And I want to see, like, what is Colton McKivitt's going to look like in those one-on-ones against Farrell, Drake Jackson? How's he going to hold up? How has Spencer Burford improved? Was Drake Jackson, was uh, Jake Brendel a one-year wonder? Uh, is John Feliciano better than him? Uh, is Aaron Banks going to keep improving? Uh, is Jason Poe going to make the team? Joey Fisher, what's he going to do? Uh, I, I'm intrigued by the Niners offensive line because right now it looks like Trent Williams and like the Trentettes. You know, it's like just him. So who's going to step up and become an impact player? Banks, Burford, anyone, Bueller, you tell me, I want to know. I feel like Banks could do it. Burford could do it. Those two, I'm, I'm intrigued. They're going to have to go up against Armstead and Hargrave in one-on-ones. I can't wait to see that. I don't expect those offensive linemen to win. If they do, I'll look at them a lot differently. Yeah. I'll say on, on offense, to me, I got glimpses in the um, in the OTAs in the minicamp of some really special things, right? Um, I thought Tay Martin is looking hey. like somebody really special. And I think Ronnie Bell was looking yep. like he he's a player. Watch um, out, I thought Willis looked like a player. I thought Jordan Mason looked like a player. I even got yep. some glimpses from Awat and Laburn. Uh, so uh, to me, there were some offensive players that outside of the line, um, the skill position guys that, you know, I mean, like, is it a, is it a lock that Elijah Mitchell's the number two back to McCaffrey? Nope. I don't think so. I think Jordan Mason may be the number two back to McCaffrey. Also, I want to see the tight end battle in camp. I, I'm the only person that likes tight ends, I guess. I don't know, but I'm a big Ross Dwelly guy. And every year the Niners bring in someone to take his job and that person fails. So I'm really curious to see Cam Latu, Braden Willis. Let's see it. You got to take Ross Dwelly's job. And that dude, if you've been there with his 5-140, he rumbles up the field. He gives a little shoulder shake. He gets open. He makes the catch every single time. And one-on-one, doesn't matter who's covering him. So Latu, Willis, see what you got. We'll see what you got. Latu's raw, too. Super raw, but he made a couple of plays that yeah. were, like, really impressive. He made a down-the-field catch in the minicamp where it was, like, 30, 40 yards down the field. So is he a receiver? And then he also has the strength 
to maybe play on the line as a blocker. So I'm kind of looking for, I kind of get a feeling that Willis is a try hard guy, great receiver, but like a, a really aggressive blocker outside the line of scrimmage. But I don't know what Latu is, and he's so inexperienced. He's played so little tight end. I think he could be a great unknown. He could be like, like um, you know, Scott McLuhan really loved Cameron Latu, and McLuhan really knows his personnel. So, mm-hmm. and Latu did get better as the as the OTAs moved on. I thought he made some of his best plays towards the end. I, I love to know what the Niners' vision is for Willis because I feel like it's the Ben Skoranek role. Ben Skoranek for the is Rams. A bigger, yeah, he's a bigger wide receiver, almost a tight end, but not really. And he's not really a dynamic wide receiver. He's a seventh-round pick. He's not good enough to play on the outside. As a slot receiver, he's okay. But you put him at fullback, all of a sudden, he's a huge weapon. And the Rams proved this last year. And I think the Niners are like, oh, we could do something like that. I feel like Willis is a lot like Skoranek from a height, weight, speed per- perspective, except a little, little stronger. Well, thicker. I see Willis I like a, like. Back. I think I think Willis reminds me a little bit of Juwan. Hmm. You know, he's like. I think they're going to play Willis at fullback. Well, that would be interesting too. That's the other one too. I mean, Coletto um, was a fullback that they outbid like four or five other teams to try to sign him as an undrafted free agent. He's very very bright. Um, does he does he you know show himself this summer? I think that's going to be interesting. Anoop says something we haven't talked about, but how good is our run defense? Yes, we lost Purdy, but Eagles O-line whooped our D-line as run defense fixed. That's interesting because Hargrave is not necessarily an, uh, an asset against the run. He's a big-time pass rusher. So, lost Aziz. Um, you need a full season of Armstead. You need Kinlaw. So, that's a good question. I don't know. That's Kinlaw's huge in that area. Um He's got he he's got to play functionally strong with the knees bent. I mean, he knows that I talked to him last year about it. He knows that he's got to play, you know, he's got he can't lose leverage, you know, but I think that that knee starts to bother him and the pain starts to creep in and he becomes less effective. So how healthy is he? I will say this. Javon was way lighter looking in the mini camp. I'd love to know what he weighs and how he stands in against the run. And I think that's a good one. The run D is is a question. Absolutely. Uh, mm, that video just literally changed the narrative all offseason talk. Everything Trey needed to fix is upgraded. Purdy needs a video. Trey, the truth. Well, I do think Purdy came out with some clips today. I, I don't know if it was coordinated, but all of a sudden he showed everyone his thighs and they look big. So shout out to Brock for having, for not skipping leg day. We, <laughs> we see it. Michael Mock says, How's Kinlaw's knee going to hold up for? I don't know. You ask him. You tell That's me. That's a big one. That's a big one. I know what knows. Keep it up. Gangsters, says Joseph. Neither of us gangsters. Grant Krug said this Super Bowl, uh, this Super Bowl winner bust year. I, picking a pickle. Um I mean, I, I think that's that that not gonna fire anyone. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I would say it is. I would I mean it's a like it's a hard thing to say. I mean, I'm yeah. sure the Niners would say that every year is a Super Bowl or bust year, right? But I, I, you know, to me, when you look at how hard the Rams went at it two years ago, you know, how hard the Eagles and, and Chiefs have gone at it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the Niners ought to have a singular focus on this year. And that, that, that's, that also to me is one of the interesting questions of this year. The Niners have a ton of big time guys getting ready to get paid next year. Are they going to hedge on the cap 
um, at the cutdown, or are they going to invest, you know, all chips in the in the middle of the table on this year and not and worry about next year next year? You know, because I think they may need some help on the defensive line. It just feels like when you let Mike McGlinchey walk and you don't replace him, you just elevate his backup. It's hard to say you're approaching the year as like a Super Bowl or bust mindset. It still kind of feels like they're like, yeah, like we want to win, but we also want to maintain our cap structure for the future. And like, it's like, yeah, you're kind of doing both. And if it doesn't work out, McKivitz is the reason they don't win the Super Bowl this year. They'll probably draft one in the first round next year. So I, I, they could all they have so many excuses built into this season. Well, Brock was out all offseason and we didn't know who our quarterback was. I just feel like they give themselves an out that I don't like, but at least they have job security, so that's important. Niners Rule says, how much do I have to pay for you to skip Flay's Super Chats? 20 bucks ought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Flav, Flav's a person. It's it's America. He gets, a, he gets a say if he pays. Thank you very much, Niners Rule. Everybody wants you. to run unopposed these days. Let, let, people have their, let people have their say, good, bad, yeah. or otherwise. We can handle it. Yeah, it reflects on him. Not me. Muweed says, what happened to Luter Jr. Why on Pup? We'll find out tomorrow. It was a bad side when he missed minicamp. Yeah. So he's been hurt for a while. I'll say this. that You know, you never know, right? The same way um, sometimes your undrafted guy is a better back than your third-round pick. Sometimes your late-round quarterback does more than your early-round quarterback. The, maybe Luter Jr. is, is, is going to be disappointing, but I'll tell you, the guy who really – opened eyes was Jamison, the the rookie yeah. undrafted kid out of Texas. So we'll see. I expect Jamison to make this team. I like saying Luter Jr. Luter Jr. Flave says, how do the same people that claim the Niners have no clue how to evaluate quarterbacks also think they got the Trey pick right? Wouldn't it be likely that they got it wrong if they are clueless with quarterbacks? Well, you know, what they say? A broken clock is right twice a day. Flave, stop, dude. You, you stop. Just let it go. Today's a good day for Trey. He could go five of nineteen in two days, and you could be right back. Today's not the day. Leave. Give him a day, Flave. Give him a day. Today's his day. But thanks for ten dollars. All right, that's the show. Uh, no, wait. One more. No, there's more supers. Says, you got more supers rolling in here. Forty-one today. I know many of us were pretty down on Kinlaw. Has he shown any visible signs of improvement that he'll be more effective this season? Yeah, he He's, hasn't missed any time this offseason. That's big. He's lighter. And you know Lighter. what? It's funny when uh, when Chris Kocherik talked about him. Um, he he said he basically went through his entire career and, and you know basically made it sound like we've yet to see the best of Javon and that we're going to see it this year. Now it's time, you know, it's time for that to become a reality. Yeah. Um, all right, Sven. Thank you very much, everyone, except Flav. Not no, you're good. Thanks. Thank you, Flav. Thank you, everyone. This was a good show. Larry, are you working anymore tonight? Or are you done? I'm going to do a little uh, at 8 30. I'm going to do a little uh, video on our little live stream on um, the Giants at the trade deadline. So we're going to, you know, because the Giants are, have lost six in a row. They can't hit a lick, mm -hmm. um, you know, and now they're talking about trading prospects. So we're, we'll, I'll get into a little, uh, little Giants baseball one time. A lot of my Giants uh, audience is kind of pissed because I've disowned them to do more Niners, but, uh, you know, what can I say? Win, and he'll talk about you. Yeah. Exactly. Go watch Larry talk about the Giants if you can stomach it. Tonight. No, but it's trade talk. That's a big deal. Larry, thank you. Thanks, I'll man. see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See you guys.